I'm Shannon. I'm Emma. And this is... This podcast doesn't exist. Welcome. Did you hear my brain figuring yeah, out the grammar? Yeah, the this and this. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. It, it, was, it, it was fine. It was a choice. It was fine. All right. Okay. What are we talking about today? Is it something I need to buckle in for or shall I stay unbuckled? I mean, you should always buckle for safety. Okay. Well, then give me a second. Okay. Because it's stuck. Oh. There we go. There Got we it. Go. I love that we do this visual bit. That has not, yeah, nobody can see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. But just picture it. And it's accompanied by a wonderful sound for people, too. You're welcome, especially if you're wearing headphones. Yeah, it's great. Just all up in there. You are welcome, Fred. Yes. Shout out to Fred, who's enjoying his his bachelor day as he does every time that his wife comes (laughs) to record this podcast with me. Yeah. All right. So... (laughs) I started off my notes by saying this might be short today, but then the sub bullet point of, but every time we say that, it's never short. It's not actually uh, that much shorter, but we'll see. So what is it? So today we're getting into, it's December. Yes. It is the holiday season. I mean, it was the holiday season last week uh, with the Thanksgiving vibes and everything, but we're officially in December. So we have some holiday themes in today's story. Um, we've got pettiness. Oh. We've got kind of ugly jewelry. Oh, golly. <laughs> and elves. What? Where are we going? We'll get there. Okay. All right. So today, also, I made myself a little uh, pronunciation guide. because, she, Guys, she literally has an index card. Well, because I just an index card. I didn't want to have to write uh, write it out every time in my notes. Um, <laughs> so today's topic is the vine ring, which is also known as the ring of Sylvianus or the ring of. I wrote myself a pronunciation guide, and I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Senecianus. Okay. Caveat for this entire episode. I don't speak Latin. I know nobody speaks Latin anymore, but I haven't studied Latin. I don't, so don't come for me. We'll, we'll just have to summon my father-in-law. <laughs> pater. 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 Todd. 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 Shout out to the family of Fred. Yes. <laughs> on Facebook. For your entertaining exchanges. Which happened like half an hour ago. 20 minutes ago, yes. (laughs) Um, Thank you for the Sunday entertainment. Yes, so don't come for me for the pronunciations. Just don't. Um, I'm going to show Emma some photos, which you can find on our Instagram, which is at this podcast doesn't exist. Nice and upfront. And also found on our Instagram, you can find our bingo card. It's in our link in bio if you'd like to play along if you're not driving or doing something else right now. Um, But so this is the ring that we will be Oh, it's an actual ring. Yes. 
Okay, see, in my brain, I went, like, fairy ring, like, oh, you know, no. like, in grass or something. No. Oh, it's a genuine ring. I am so excited. Hence the kind of ugly jewelry. I get it now. Nope. That's really cool. Is it a seal on it? We'll get there. Okay, sorry. Um, I, I won't ask questions. I will sit here nicely. You're fine. Um, when do we ever just sit here we nicely don't. and listen? Um, <laughs> Especially yes, not me. Hence the kind of ugly jewelry. Okay. Uh, people's more usually gentlemen uh your wife doesn't want that ugly um heart necklace thing at the jewelry store yeah the clunky thing that you go oh maybe i'll get this because she doesn't it's december 24th or you know the night before the end of hanukkah and you're like i need i need something no no don't do it Alrighty, but back to the ring in question we're going to kind of cover some actual details we're going to cover some historical fact and then we're going to expound upon okay i'm so excited for this all right so the ring in question is from the fourth century a.d so circa 350 to 450 so old and it is of romano british craftsmanship um it's so it's a 10-sided or faceted circle or loop uh, with a square bezel attached um so it's very large uh, for a ring, and because of this, it's thought to be a signet ring in that you would wear it on the outside of a glove on your hand. Um, so you're really just showing off your style. Uh, also, the engraving on the bezel, which is like the popped out part, mm-hmm. um, is in reverse so that if you pushed it into wax, it would be mirrored that it would be correct. Yeah. Uh, we got some stats. The ring is 2.5 centimeters or 0.98 inches in diameter and is 12 grams in weight. And I'm not going to bother with ounces because... No, but that's that's still... I mean, you already said it was big, but I, in my head, was like, oh, so it fits on a thumb. That's a very big thumb. If yes. You're, if you're... Well, wearing a glove also. Yeah. But so, yes. Still. That's um, large. So there are two Latin inscriptions on the ring. The first um, is on the band, and it translates to Senesias lives in God or lives with God uh, in Latin, um, but it translates to that. And it's important to note, which we'll come back to, that it's incorrectly spelled uh, in hmm. that the final O in Deo is missing. It's not on there. And the inscription is kind of rough. I mean, also it's 4th century. Yeah, I was going to so say. the tools are not super sophisticated. But just interesting that you took the time to write uh, or to inscribe that, but you missed the final O in hmm. Deo. Um, and then the other engraving is on the bezel, uh, which is, again, the popped out part. And it's an engraved portrait as well as the Roman term abbreviation for Venus. So the goddess Venus um, is on the, on the bezel. Um, The, the portrait is not a recognized icon of Venus. So it's not like, oh, you see this in temples all over the place. Okay. Which is, so it's like an individual artist's interpretation really. Yes. Um, but so it's interesting the combination of the two of them because the bezel seems to show loyalty to a Roman deity 
but the band is more Christian in its yeah um, text and its meaning. We'll come back to that as to theories as to why those two are on the same piece of jewelry. The story about the actual artifact that is in question. Yes. Um, so in slash around 1785, a farmer unearths the ring during his plowing in fields near Silchester in Hampshire. Oh, so, so we're, we're in England. England. Yes. Hence the Romano Got it. British yeah. uh, craftsmanship. Okay. So it shows up at the Society of Antiquaries. I got excited. And then you didn't I get very mispronounced excited. it. Um, that it's shown at the Society of Antiquaries in London in 1786, so the following year, um, by a Lord Arden. And then it kind of disappears. It No one really talks about it. Um, I think not like disappears in a spooky sense, just we don't have any record of it because it didn't really matter. Okay. Um, so maybe Lord Arden held on to it and just didn't do anything with it or maybe, gifted it to somebody and yeah. didn't take Also, note. I'm not really sure like who Lord Arden is in relation to the any following events, but his name did come up. Um, my primary source for this is the National Trust. Which oh. is like the official yeah. government organization. Jeez. Um, so, because most of the other articles are just regurgitating most of the same information, but mm-hmm. with a little more like fanciful elements to it. So, I'm using the National Trust as my primary source. Okay. Um, do, 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 do. Somehow, it ends up in the collection, the ring ends up in the collection of the Shute family. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it C H U T E. Okay. Shoot. Because shoot feels too aggressive yeah. for the English. Um, and they reside in a home called The Vine. Is like the property. The name of the, the property. Name. Oh, grand grand properties always have like a, a name that's associated with it that's not necessarily like the actual name of the house, but that's what people end up calling it. Yeah. Yeah. Named homes is weird to me. And it's pronounced the vine, but all during my research, I've been pronouncing it the vin in my head. (laughs) I don't know why. V-Y-N-E. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why. There's (laughs) a why. So anyway, it ends up with the Shute family. The the residence called the vine. Okay. Uh, and some sources indicated that the sar- the farmer who found the ring sold it to them, and others didn't really explain. I don't. Uh, that's where I don't understand yeah. where Lord Arden ca- came in. You know, if the was farmer like was like, "Do you want to share this with the world?" But it's still mine. I'm not quite sure. Hmm. Um, but the ring was found approximately four miles or six point four kilometers. From the vine, so maybe land rights made it theirs by default, and Lord Arden was part of the Shute family. They didn't go into it in a ton of detail. Okay, uh, but it ends up with the Shute family. The ring comes back into public relevance in 1888 in conjunction with a discovery related to the Temple of Nodens at the Romano British site at Lindley Park. In Gloucestershire. I referred to my little index card because I'm sorry. I know we speak English, but the way things are pronounced over in England. 
You got so many vowels and you don't even use them. And it, just, just if we ever do an Irish story, oh, forget it, forget it, <laughs> because the I Irish, have... the Irish went, oh, the English have conquered us. All right, great. So they want you know Latin words to be or Latin letters to be used. Fine. We're just gonna make them all nay <laughs> mashed up so that they can't pronounce anything. Yeah. No. I. I just boggles my mind that you look at this word that looks like it's pronounced Gloucestershire and it's Gloucestershire. Yeah. Just saying. It's like any town in, in New England. Gloucestershire. That's yes. like. Um, anyway, this, this location is approximately 80 miles slash 130 kilometers from the vine. Okay. So you have the ring. And then 80 miles away, you have this new discovery, which brings us to the legend <gasps> of the ring. So oh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go back in time. It sounds like Lord of the Rings, <laughs> the legend of the ring. <laughs> so we're gonna go back. A Roman soldier named Silvianus was stationed in Gloucestershire. While there, or visiting there, we don't really know. He visits the baths at Nodens, which. Noden is a Celtic god of healing, the sea, and hunting. And I inserted I inserted a note here that said I feel like there's a Nordic pun. Like Freya got sick of Odin messing around and was like, Noden. (laughs) And yet this is a Celtic a Celtic god. Yeah, I don't know. It just they're all they all they all are related somehow. It's fine, yeah. So at some point during this visit, which could have potentially been overnight because pilgrims to these temples and baths, there was like a dormitory for the pilgrims to sleep overnight. Um, or because there were baths, there was like disrobing involved. Uh, okay. Somewhere along the line, Silvianus, his ring gets snatched. And one source which is actually a book that first, like, directed me towards this subject. It's called Cursed Objects by J.W. Auker. Okay, so I want that for Christmas, please. (laughs) Noted. Um, But basically, the author described this as the ancient equivalent of somebody taking your phone from the locker room. Oh, rude! But, like... You know, you're probably not going to wear your 12-gram gold ring into the bath with you. Especially if you're used to wearing it with a glove. Over a glove, yeah. It's probably just going to, like, slide off your hand. Okay, so I have a story. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Because I used to wear a lot of rings when I was, like, in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. And in particularly middle school, I had this one ring that was, like, it kind of in the shape of an S. It was kind of, like, swirly or something, it was fairly large, and so I wore it on my middle finger, because I have very thin fingers. And as I was talking at the lunch table one day, I was gesturing with my hands, and this ring, because it was a little bit too large, went flying across the lunchroom and landed inside of a trash can. <laughs> Because the trash cans didn't have lids, it was just this open nope. thing. Just landed inside the trash can, and I literally just went, no, I'm not digging through that. I'm just going to leave it. No. Nope. I, I don't need it anymore. The style gods have spoken. <laughs> this is not the vibe. Yep. So, yeah. 
That's it. I was really <laughs> I hoping feel like you that. were going to say, and then it, like, hit a nun in the back of the head. Oh, God. Like, got no. No. This was a, it was a Catholic school, but we weren't taught by nuns there. Oh. She was, there was just a nun who was, like, the principal. What kind so. of Catholic school is I know. this? I know. You were too far south. No, actually, this oh, was you in, were in Rhode, Island. Rhode Island. Yeah. Well, then, I don't, I don't know. know what's going on I don't with know. that. <laughs> Rhode Island's so small, you only got one nun per quota. <laughs> They can only, they only have so many nuns that they have to disperse them. They were like, there are way more people in New Jersey, more (laughs) troublemakers like my father. Aww. Who I'm allowed to make fun of because he stopped in the middle of my episode. (laughs) To listen to my episode. (laughs) Which, just so you know, John McCarthy, if you're listening to this one, which I think you'll find interesting because it's very historical. I mean, maybe. The the next episode should be one that you're interested in as well, which will be my hosted episode. So listen (laughs) to this one all the way through and then turn on mine. (laughs) Yeah. Next week. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I have to re-download the app for him anyway. Oh, that's true. So who knows when he'll be listening to this. Mr. McCarthy. All right. But so, Sylvianus, he's at the the baths, he's at the temple. Somebody snatches his ring. What does he do? Uh Uh-oh. He creates a curse tablet. Obviously. Whoa! <laughs> the level well. of pettiness is unmatched and one to which I aspire, truly. I feel like it's a little of an overreaction. Nah. No? Okay. <laughs> so these lead tablets, which the Latin word for this is a defixio, which I'm pronouncing it just how it looks. Um, we're actually pretty common during this time. Um, there are actually some pretty funny ones I, that I didn't... They were, like, kind of off the beaten path of this story, so I didn't include them, but they gave me a chuckle. I am going to detour slightly to ask Emma. Yes. What is your favorite modern-day, like, petty curse off the top of your head? Mine would probably be something along the lines of May your Wi-Fi always be unstable. (laughs) Or, like, I hope you stub your toe on every piece of furniture in your house. See, I think my favorite is may everywhere you step be on a Lego. Oh, no. (laughs) Wow. Aggressive. I know. Savage. Yeah. Alrighty, so another photo. Please refer to the Instagram. This is the tablet the lead tablet. Kind of pretty, actually. Yeah. Um, I will say the only good image I could find of it was through Imgur. So if it's not accurate, I'm sorry. <laughs> I did look on the National Trust's website and they did not have a photo for me. So Okay. Well then, that's their fault. Also, <laughs> I love this person's username uh, on Imgur. It's I made this name while tipsy. Oh, <laughs> which is such a that's great. That's kind of precious. Which is such a great thing. Uh, but anyway, so this lead tablet that has this inscription, uh, the translation of the Latin curse is as follows: To the god Nodens, Silvianus has lost his ring and given half its value to Nodens. Among those who are called. Senesianus, do not allow help until he brings it back to the Temple of Nodens. Which basically, hey, someone stole my ring. I'll give you half the value if you curse this jerk that took it until he brings it back. It's amazing. So petty, but so great. 
half the value to the god to the, to the god but you can't donate it if you don't have the ring i yeah. mean i don't know what the plan was if you got your ring back would then you donate the money or would you melt your i don't know i don't know but i don't I know mean, the logic of the fourth century i'm sure there was curse. some kind of like sacrificial but thing i just going love on. that it's bargaining with a with god, god over petty theft Alrighty, <laughs> so we're back in the timeline okay this engraving was discovered in 1888, and yes. it came to the attention of another name that I do not think I'm going to pronounce correctly. And for the record, I did look on YouTube to see if anyone had made like little news clips about this so I could hear actual uh, A, British people, or B, archaeologists say any of these names. No. Not a one? No. <laughs> not a one. So, I apologize again. So... It came to the attention of Shaloner Wiggett Shoot. Whoa. Who was the then owner of the house. Okay. Yeah. And he was in the process of writing his book, The History of the Vine. Uh, and so he had both items, both the ring and the, the lead plaque drawn to include in his book. And, it, and a plaster mold of the lead curse was also added to the Vines collection. Okay. So the plaster copy is the one that's in the National Trust's collection. Got it. Because um, the Vine collection is part of the National Trust. But there was no photo, so hence the imger. Okay, so it does exist based adventure. upon the yes. National Trust. They didn't speak to the remaining existence of the lead plaque. So, but rather just the plaster? Yes, at least in relation to this ring. Okay. Um, and most of the other sources claim that a connection between the two artifacts was not made till 1929, but the National Trust states the circumstances I just laid out. So in 1888, okay. they both were included in the History of the Vine book. So I'm going with the National Trust as opposed to there's, like yeah. legendaryicons.com or whatever yeah, else. There's some I use. kind of provenance that you can trust currently. That's what I'm going with. Okay. In either case, we end up in 1929 with archaeologist Sir Mortimer Wheeler. Mortimer. Yeah. <laughs> what a good name. Uh, he was excavating at the Lindney site, so in Gloucester. Yeah, Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. And he made a more concrete or definitive claim or, you know, he made more of an official connection between the two of, like, Sayasianus, not a very common name, even back in the 4th century. What are the chances that this ring that has that name on it shows up 80 miles away from this curse calling out? Did it have Sayasianus? On it, or did it have Sylvanius on it? Sayasiana. So that was the name of the guy. When the, with ring, the ring was no, yeah. Oh, okay. when the ring was Sorry. found, that inscription that says like Sayasianus live with God was on there. The idea is that oh, we'll he get scraped there. it off and put no. his own. Okay, never we'll mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying <laughs> to make guesses, like educated guesses, and it's not working. <laughs> so, Sir Mortimer Mortimer. Yeah. Uh, 1929, he makes this connection. And this is where elves come into the picture. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about the yeah. elves. Ugly jewelry, yes. pettiness, yes. and elves. Elves. That's why it's Christmassy-ish. Yes, ish, if you squint. Okay. 
So to get some more context on the god Nodens, Sir Mortimer calls in a well-respected professor of Anglo-Saxon studies at Oxford University, one J.R.R. Tolkien. <gasps> oh, I'm so excited! <laughs> so less than ten years later, Tolkien's The Hobbit yes, was with published the in 1937. My precious. Yes, so the Ring of Sylvianus is supposedly the inspiration Got it. for the one ring in all of Tolkien's Hobbit and Lord of the Rings novels. Wonderful. Also, I will point out that the Defixio, like, curse plaque was discovered in an area that is referred to as Dwarf's Hill. Aww. So there's that. You know, Sylvianus and Gollum both have their rings stolen. They both have a pretty good idea of who did it. Bagginses. Bagginses. And put out a curse on them. Also, I believe that Tolkien's ring was created by dwarves, so I think yes. it's funny that, like, dwarf hell. Yes. Dwarves hell. Um, so, yes. There's no official record from Tolkien of, like, yes, I got called into this archaeological dig and was inspired. But less than ten years later, he wrote that novel. So... It's fun to speculate. That I, I find that very cool. Officially, the National Trust states that it's unlikely that these two artifacts are actu- actually linked, mainly due to the distance, 80 Aww. miles, between the two discovery sites. But maybe he like ran away with it. Well, exactly. Believers cite the curse as the cause for there to be such distance. Like, maybe, say, Theonis was trying to discard the ring that he stole after facing misfortune. Maybe he was trying to yeet it off a more <laughs> and uh, get rid of it to get the bad juju out of the way. Um, also, like I said, that name was apparently not super common, common back in the 4th century. So for it to be... Both in connection to a ring. Yeah, exactly. It's well, and it's not like, oh, this plaque just was generally against some guy. This yeah, curse it was is, a generally, specific it's name. Like, no, this specific guy took this specific item, which is a ring. I wonder what their beef was. Maybe they had a beef before and that's why you took it. We'll never know. I know, just want to know things. We'll never know about the 1,600-year-old <laughs> drama. Um... So while we don't have any record of actual curse, havoc, wreaking, you know, it's not like we have, say, a Sianus's journal of like, oh no, my house burned down or whatever. Um, It is interesting that the ring has those mismatched inscriptions like we were talking about. So some believe that the bezel is the original um, so the Roman Venus portion of the ring is the original okay. status uh, state of the ring and that the Christian inscription on the band was la- added later by the thief in an attempt to, t- to protect himself from the curse. Oh, I see. So well, that like, makes sense. So there wasn't anything, maybe potentially there wasn't anything written on it before it was exactly, lost. Yes. Got it. So okay. believers believe that when Sylvianus had it, it was just the Venus portion on Got the... It the bezel part of the ring and some point to that as explaining the misspelling of the inscription like he was in such a rush to get it done that he misspelled Theo and and it's all shaky and kind of 
a mess. Interesting. And then others claim that the bezel was added later and is therefore covering up the O in Deo because that's where the two pieces were welded together. Uh, From a scholarly standpoint, it's more likely that the owner of the ring was merely repurposing an existing piece of jewelry to show a conversion to a new faith. So... Still, that the Venus the portion Venus was there. original, okay. but then it was added, um, which I guess makes sense. Gold probably still wasn't a an ample resource, so if you had one ring, you were like, "Well, we're gonna make this work." Yeah. Um, and then the National Trust also posited that it could be that Venus is associated with love. Um, we tend to think of it more romantic love, but that that person could be making a connection to. To like showing a love for a new religion, um, it's all very interesting. Um, in that it, regardless of if, if you take out the curse and all the kind of like woo elements of it, it's still an interesting artifact historically because yeah. it's showing this kind of uh, transitionary period between very Roman ideals and then as the Romans start to lose power in Britain. Um, Christianity coming through and kind of adapting things. Nowadays, you can view the ring. At, oh, so it's still around? Yes. Oh, okay. It is, yes. Uh, you can view the ring at an exhibition at the Vine. I don't, I mean, with COVID, who knows what they're doing right okay. now. Uh, but they also have displayed their assigned first edition of The Hobbit by Tolkien. Oh. Uh, they also have a Hobbit-inspired play area outside. That is the most adorable thing. It truly is. I will show you this video after we're done recording. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. It's a quick little two-minute YouTube video of these adorable British school children road-testing this playground, and there are little Hobbit whole tunnels and it's oh my very gosh sweet. i want to go do you think i'm small enough to fit through those tunnels or are they fairly small no i think i think you could do they're it. like human sized yeah normal human size okay. i think so i think so um okay then we're gonna go to when we go to visit the, the carrot, carrot museum, museum we're gonna go to gloucestershire too and the go visit world this. carrot museum seriously love it and then not specific to the ring in question, but sort of related, uh, a team of Tolkien actors that have been in a lot of the movies, including Sir Ian McKellen and Martin Freeman, are fundraising to buy Tolkien's home to convert it to a literary uh, center in his honor, which is cool. Yeah. And uh, if you want to learn more and join their fellowship of funders, <laughs> which is so sweet. Uh, you can visit projectnorthmore.org. More with two O's. Uh, yeah. And then I have my sources, which will be in the show notes. But I just love that my sources include the National Trust, Ripley's Believe It or Not, <laughs> Imgur, and CNN. <laughs> what a journey. <laughs> so, yes. Not maybe traditionally holiday related but yeah, that's that's really cool i mean in terms of a literary aspect as an english major person as a literary person i find that fascinating also fred's family his mom used to live down the street from tolkien's uh son oh. um and she knew the family pretty well um and when tolkien of course she did <laughs> yeah when tolkien's son passed away i think it was a couple years ago um, they were already in discussions about what was going to be happening with uh, the house. Mm. So that's in Oxford, I think. 
Um, and yeah, uh, if you've <laughs> have you been to Oxford? Did you go? When you I want to say yes. yes. Did you I go? Know. Did you go to the Eagle and Child? I think we walked past it. I don't think okay, we had sorry. time. Just but Oxford's the one right across from Eton, right? Sure. At Eton is like the boys' high school. Sure. Okay. I don't really. I don't know. See, I don't know. I know we Golly. went to one of the um, one of the big two while I was studying abroad. I want to say it was Oxford because I, I did because I did really want to go to the the Eagle and Child because of C.S. Lewis, but we just didn't have time. Yeah, we were too busy walking around. Everything was beautiful, but we weren't really learning anything. We were just kind of looking at stuff, wandering around. Oxford. I was like, "Do we have to do this as a group?" <laughs> Whenever, that was me on that trip. Like, I was always ready to grab two friends and pretend to be locals. Not That's on purpose, fine. but, like, but like, when you're walking alone and you're not wearing the stereotypical, like, big backpack. Yeah, and, you'd rather go to the Oxford Market and not be targeted for pickpacking than... Well, not even that. I just, I just, I know that Americans in general abroad have a certain reputation and I don't... I do everything in my power to avoid following falling into that stereotype. That's totally fair. Like anytime we were going somewhere as a class, like as a group, uh, like we were we were going to the Globe to see yeah. uh, Antony and Cleopatra. Great, but on the way there, I grabbed my like two friends, like flatmates, and I was like, "Let's get in the next tube car so that we're not with the loud group of." Americans. College students. <laughs> and whenever we were by ourselves with just a few of us, we got approached and asked for directions all the time. Aww. And then we'd open our mouths and people would be like, oh, oh. you're not English either. And we're like, sorry, sorry no, we, we don't know we where we're going. <laughs> yeah, so I've been to the Eagle and Child twice. And once was when I was studying abroad at Cambridge and we went for a trip to Oxford. <gasps> and so, of course, it Gasp. was, yeah, <laughs> uh, makes sense. But... Uh, was was with the whole group of like American college students, the majority of whom had never been to England before. And so when we got there, which the Eagle and Child isn't necessarily a large space, um, but everyone that was with us, it was maybe about 35 people. We pile into this place and the locals looked so annoyed. <laughs> this must course. happen to them all the time. But, but it's probably what, like three o'clock on a Tuesday yes. or something. It was it was legitimately it was on a weekend though, I think, but uh. it was like in the middle of the day. So it was like not they were so angry. And then the second time I went, I went with actually Fred's brother and uh, uh sister in law. Um, met them when we were all staying in Oxford with Fred's grandmother because she still lives there um and we had a wonderful time i like i, I had first had that first uh encounter with it and i was like this is a cool place but i can't be here right now and i immediately left with my friend because we were both like this is too much i just whenever i walk into a place i immediately want locals to to like, to like you yeah to like vibe with me and know and sense that i'm not here to disrupt your life i'm here to appreciate it but Absolutely. not get in your way do you think it's maybe a military kid thing I don't know, maybe. Maybe. Because I, I have no, that same feeling, but I, other people don't seem to I definitely have it, was but in, I don't know. I was definitely in school with some little jerk faces that probably <laughs> would have been awful also. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, well that's, that's all the info I have. I guess I mainly when I was looking through our topics, I 
picked this one because I could make the joke about elves. <laughs> as like a slight. It's uh, an easing into the holiday season. Sure. Let's say that. I just didn't have the energy to do the Yeti. Yeah, we will do him one day. Someday. Someday. I promise. He will be done. I just couldn't. I, He's on your socks right now. I know. He's really cute. Shout out to Target Dollar Spot. Woot woot. For cute socks. Yes. But yeah, and then I think I just, I think both of us just want to leave America. <laughs> we just want to travel. and we, We've been stuck in this country for so long now. It feels like we were supposed to go so many places this year too. Oh, I mean, so yeah. So. Anyway, well, that was a fairly short episode. There you go. So hopefully, you weren't hoping to listen to this on your like extended road trip. I mean, hope uh, just go back and listen to our other episodes again. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Specifically, my little brother, which if you didn't listen to last week's episode, is very funny and has a very first guest, my younger brother Liam. Um, and we, we loved doing that. That was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Except for the part where we almost died from the ghosts. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> guess you have to go listen to it. But out bow bow. Brent also told me his diner order. <laughs> what is it? Is he it had, a secret? I don't remember what it was because he had he had issues with my with my uh assertion of Mama Steve's not being a diner because he was like the only thing that has it docked against it being a being a diner is that it closes at five. If it stayed open late, it yeah, would no, be that a diner. makes it a restaurant. That makes it a breakfast restaurant, Fred. That way, and it's Liam. not a diner. It's a pancake home. It's a pancake home. Can we put that on the merch? Sure. Thank you. <laughs> Whenever we do eventually have merch, even if it's just for ourselves and puffy paint, I will make oh it. Oh my god, puffy paint. Oh, speaking of college, gotta go. Also, and this is for Jordan, Illuminati. <laughs> she had such a hard time with last week's episode. Freemasons. There you Stop. go. Stop. It doesn't count if you just say it. That's cheating. You're right. Although You're I right. will say there is a musical reference in last week's episode. There is. But unless you're a Hamilton fan, maybe you didn't maybe get it. Maybe you didn't get it. But that's okay. You're more than welcome to go back and listen. But if you want to see any of these pictures, as mentioned before, please go to our Instagram at This Podcast Doesn't Exist. Or if you have any stories you'd like to share with us or suggestions of topics, what's your diner order? You can email us. This podcast doesn't exist at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, please remember this podcast doesn't exist.